Get ready to brawl. Pitt fans and West Virginia fans can already get excited about the rebirth of the backyard brawl. It's months and months away, but we now have an official announcement that Pitt and West Virginia will give new life to the backyard brawl and start their seasons a throwback of sorts, not just the game, not just the rivalry, but a Thursday night affair. I'm excited about that. That's awesome news here. We're going to talk about that and so much more here. I'm Mike Up here on Pittsburgh Sports Live, Pittsburgh Sports Now, WV Sports Now, and all throughout the Now family of networks. I'm Mike Osti. That's Mike Vakovacan. And yeah, Mike, to get things started, I that's great news to me because the other option was, and it's great to have this robbery back, but the other option is to have this game thrown into a Saturday afternoon in the midst of a holiday weekend. Who knows what kind of season West Virginia is going to have. Pitt obviously coming off a great season, but there's other big games. That game was going to be overshadowed. Now this game potentially can get highlighted and the entire country potentially is able to get more interested in this game outside of just Pitt and West Virginia fans. It's great to have the rivalry back. It was one thing you have to give credit to both schools that once they were in different conferences, you had conference realignment and who knows where West Virginia's future may lie. Both schools did show an interest in having this rivalry exist. That's not always been the case with rivals of Pitt, and that's not even always been the case with rivals of West Virginia. We saw Pitt able to get that rivalry with Penn State back briefly, and West Virginia has played Virginia Tech in recent years, including last year and even Maryland, whatever you think, if that rivalry exists or not, playing them as well. But this is it. This is the pinnacle for these two teams. Starting off a year, have it on Thursday night, is this not best case scenario for the rebirth of this rivalry? Yeah. And I actually think we have, uh, I, I don't know that this means, I hope it, I hope it means, but you know, the cynic in me tells me it, it won't, but <laughs> I, I think we at least have uh, two reasonable athletic departments that are willing to, you know, put aside anything that's happened in the past or sure any sort of egos or anything else to do what's right. Um, and these two teams playing every year is right. You know, I know everything in college football screwed up now. Uh, you know, we could do a uh, one year show and all that. We, all we, could, we could do a never ending show and it's all, it's hard to fit yeah. games in the schedule, obviously. Right. But right. these two teams should be playing, uh, have to be playing. And uh, with, Hopefully, West Virginia, Neil Brown building the program back up. Right. And where Pitt is, you know, these two aren't going to be afraid to play each other. If, if they're both good, a lot of times if one team is better than the other, you know, maybe they're hesitant to play. But hopefully with both teams being on equal footing, this is just great. And what's even yeah. more so is what you touched upon, Mike, is opening the college football season. You know how jacked up people are just to get football here in general. Right. Yeah, the fact that they're going to open up uh, the Thursday night game and seeing Pitt and West Virginia uh, on, you know, it'll be on ESPN, yeah. no doubt. I'm uh, surprised, but, and maybe you honestly have to give partial credit to Pitt's ACC title season that they wanted to get them on. They felt like it's an exciting program, and then West Virginia is enough of a rival to play. I actually, to be honest with know. you, I heard. Uh, you might be right. Maybe it does have maybe that. I don't know. Maybe that sealed the deal. But I actually uh, I actually heard this a few months ago. Um, Yeah. And I was trying and I was trying to get it confirmed over with uh, a few people over at Pitt. 
Yeah, I didn't believe it, honestly, because I saw tweets from random people. I, yeah, I just yeah, I had exactly. nothing to corroborate anything. That, right. Exactly. That's that's where I that's where I, and I saw it on, you know, some message awards, which I, which I tried. Right. To and you're like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, nobody over Pitt would confirm. So I figured eh, maybe it's, it's maybe sure. not true. But uh, great news. Heinz uh, Field should be rocking. Uh, it's just, you know, you couldn't ask for a better way to start. Right. And, and as far as Pitt goes, you couldn't start. Uh, couldn't ask for a better start to a season coming off what they're coming off the last year. The momentum this season will be uh, just continue into the twenty twenty two season. Yeah, I don't think you could ask for a better game for either program to start off their year. And you could argue that, that like has been argued by Penn State fans, for example, that, oh, the reason why we don't want to do that rivalry all the time, that if Pitt beat Penn, beats Penn State, it's a bigger deal. And that's not the case right now with where these programs are, but just historically, and if Penn State wins, doesn't do much. You could argue that depending on what season West Virginia has and what they're coming off of the last couple of years, that – Pitt maybe is taking more of a risk here because they're not going to necessarily move in rankings by beating West Virginia unless West Virginia really turns around the season. You're not going to get a rebirth of WVU week one like maybe you would see in week six or seven, whereas West Virginia, a big win over Pitt somehow, certainly on the road, even though it's close by, could be a great way to start a year for WVU. So uh, that exists as well. You have this at Heinz Field. You mentioned yeah, but I think Pitt I, fans. I, I, I'll mean, West Virginia fans are going to get there. You're going to have a lot of Mountaineer fans there. I don't know. I, I think you'll have some, but I don't think you'll have as many as you think. But I, I, I hear what your point is about Pitt's risk. But I, I think at the end of the day, uh, Pitt, Pitt's to the point where they also uh, need some credibility as far as a right. non-conference schedule. And I think – this is a good risk. Uh, I think yeah. at the end of the year, they're still favored. Next, they're still favored. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I know they're favored, but right, we, we don't want to. When a committee and all that looks at the end of the year, who you played, right? No matter what, what West West Virginia is still West Virginia. Uh, you know, they're not going to be a three or four wins uh, team. So it's going to be a. It, it's going to be a. If Pitt wins that game, it's going to be a good win. Yeah. No matter you know, what West Virginia's uh, record is at the end of the season, because it's not going to be bad. No. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess uh, let's put you this way. If it's three or four win, we're having a whole different show at the end of that year. And it's going to be a whole different era of West Virginia football. So you would figure things are going to turn around a little bit more. You would figure competitive football for West Virginia. There is yeah. pressure on Neil Brown and West Virginia. Certainly that first few weeks of the season, Pitt is the only quality game. You got Kansas and Townsend after that. So, yeah, it's it, regardless, it's great to have the robbery back. It's great to have it at Heinz Field, honestly, for us to, you know, max out coverage with two outlets there and be there in full force. And, and it's great to have it on a national stage, on a primetime stage to start the year and not just dumping it. Because we have seen, as we mentioned at the top of the show, when Pitt played Penn State, when West Virginia's played Tech, yeah, they're, they're, it's great to have the robberies back for those schools, but – those games were necessarily always thrown prime time, start a year, right. number one highlight. You had another game that was bigger. You're throwing WVU Virginia Tech at 4 p.m. I mean, during the Vic era, I mean, that that would be that would never happen. So you're getting that now with these two schools and they got to deliver with a good game. I think, I, you know, regardless of what team you want to win, which side you're on there, I think everyone does kind of want yeah. a good game and the rebirth of that here. Mike Bakovic and Mike Osti here as we're talking 
backyard brawl. I'm already excited. I'm already excited. Yeah. It's cold outside and we're, we're, we're already talking about the fall of next year. And to continue that, we don't know what's going to be going on with the West Virginia football program. Still, there's a lot of question marks there, a lot of pressure on that team. But over on the flip side for Pitt, we are starting to figure out maybe what that program is going to look like. A wide receivers coach being hired, Underwood coming over from Rutgers. Still some uncertainty there. You bring over a, a top flight quarterback, though, from UHC, so USC. So Pitt should keep clicking, even though obviously you're losing a lot from last year, losing a Heisman candidate. There might be a little bit of a setback there. But what are your thoughts on Pitt's new coach that comes aboard? How does that affect the offense and how does that affect the offensive coordinator position and, and what else is still going on? It's, it's not as much uncertainty as West Virginia, but there are some th- things to figure out for Pitt off of a really special season. Uh, Pat Narduzzi, uh, for all his faults, um, and I think he's starting to quiet some uh, critics. One thing that he's shown that he has a uh, capability of doing is hiring quality assistants. Um, that that that's that is such an underrated. Oh yeah, uh, such an underrated uh, part of a program. Uh, you know, when people he, people talk about how much a coach is paid for a head coach, as a, an as big factor in that is what is their pull to hire assistant coaches? Because if if you're if you're not getting uh, support from the university for uh, surrounding yourself with uh, yeah. good assistants, look what Saban does. He brings in yeah, exactly. legit assistants, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and. Pat Narduzzi has done a tremendous job and I got to credit Pitt because I've heard some things where they have stepped up even this off season on keeping assistant coaches. P- teams have been poaching some of their assistant coaches and the Pitt, uh, the university has stepped up and give a couple guys pay raises to keep them, but bringing over the fact that he has been able, I think it shows you where the Pitt program is is the fact that they were able to get a offensive coordinator from a power five school to make a lateral move in Frank Signetti to come to Pitt. And the same thing with Tyquan Underwood leaving Rutgers as a wide receivers coach to come over here to Pitt. I think that speaks of uh, a commitment on Pitt as far as money, but also where the Pitt program is. Uh, Tyquan Underwood will be a home run for Pitt. I know we said that about Brennan Marion, and he's doing great things already at Texas as far as recruiting. Tyquan Underwood will do just as well here at Pitt uh, as Marion would have done. Uh, He has all the same qualities. He's younger. He's 34 years old. Uh, One thing he has is the fact that, and I talked to a kid yesterday, uh, their commitment for 2023 receiver, Zion Fowler, he talked about the fact that I'm going to be playing with a guy that played in the league. Uh, that's a quality that that's big. Uh, yeah. You, there's a great season coaches out there, but that is big in terms of credibility as an and, assistant. You know, more it, than more than even a head coach to have a guy that played is a bigger deal as an assistant, really. Yeah, exactly. And this guy's an up and coming coach. Uh, yeah. I watched a YouTube tape uh, Rutgers put out of, they had a mic on him through our practice one day, very energetic, you know, a lot like Brendan Marion. Yeah. And uh, he's a recruiter, uh, which is, everything in college football and Pitt is going to do well in the States of New Jersey and Florida 
with uh, Taekwon Underwood. Uh, hats off, uh, great job once again uh, for Narduzzi surrounding himself. He has, his staff is so filled with assistant coaches that are not only good assistant coaches, but I think they have the capability one day of being uh, head coaches down the line, yeah. which is what you want to do. And you mentioned the pipeline. That's an underrated point. It, it opens up a little bit more of a pipeline than Pitt has previously with New Jersey and then that weird Florida connection between people in New Jersey. They, like, they, they kind of figure out the rest of the map there in the middle doesn't count if you're, if you're in either of those places. But, yeah, that opens up a lot of pipeline, very young, seems universally loved the second that hire was yes. announced even even by rivals were saying oh man that's a great hire for Pitt and the only negative of instant success and, and great success especially as a head coach you are going to lose assistance you see what happened with Mark Whipple but that was kind of known for a while and then of course Brendan Marion going to Texas that was a hit for a lot of Pitt fans but this is almost a better version and if there's continued success maybe eventually you'll lose him but hey if he becomes a great head coach that just shows how great your program is to build him to that level. And yeah, you're still going to have a great receiver there. One, one thing I wanted to touch upon Mike uh, real quick was uh pit schedule for this season. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, we touched upon West Virginia real quick. I think it's really interesting. The fact that five of their first six games are at home. You don't see that very often. Uh, <laughs> that is a bit odd. Yeah. Yeah. Including five overall, or six right. games at home. So they better take advantage of that. And just looking at the, because that means the back end is the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Um, they have four, you know, four of their last six on the road. So uh, the key stretch of the season, no doubt, I think, is going to be uh, October 22nd and 29th when they're at Louisville with Malik Cunningham and then uh, at North Carolina, a place they always uh, right. struggle to play. Uh, that's going to be a key to the season. Yeah, right there. But I, I, my early prediction is that uh, Pitt will uh, – uh, my ridic- – what do they say? Yeah, ridiculously that? early prediction. Uh, yes, yeah, my ridiculously early one. <laughs> uh, Pitt, uh, 2022 football schedule prediction is uh, I see Pitt winning 10 games again. Um, okay. I, I could see them very easily actually – if they're able to take care of Tennessee in week two at home – uh, I think Pitt and they start, did they did last year, so that's nice yeah. to have. Yeah, I, I think Pitt start if they're able. That's going to be the toughest game of the group there. Uh, if they're able to do that, I think Pitt starts the season six and zero. Oh. Okay, so uh, yeah. I think. And there's even an opportunity that if they somehow would drop the brawl, because it is a rival, it is a very excited West Virginia program. Yeah. They had played close games last year, and you figure that it might actually even be better without Jared Deggy there. I, when that, when the news of Jared Deggy being gone, there were some Pitt fans upset. Like, oh, man, I, I would rather see Deggy. And he he had his issues. He was a roller coaster ride there. So even if Pitt would lose that game, you have the Tennessee game to then recharge and get a quality win, and you have other games at home to kind of fix the schedule. So that doesn't have to ruin the year by any means in week one, no matter what happens there, it would put more pressure on the Tennessee game though, dropping two. But yeah, that would be it having quality games. Um, yeah. It is a big deal in conference play. It, it's going to be tougher. Clemson, you figure is going to be back and potentially a favorite. And I, I think it's interesting what the ACC did. Uh, normally the last few years, they've started the, or they've ended pit season uh, by playing uh, Syracuse. Or right. That's true. Virginia at home. <laughs> This year they end the season, which I think uh, I think they're, everyone's looking forward to right. that the coastal is going to come down to uh, Pitt and Miami, and they have the season ending 
uh, Pitt versus at Pitt at Miami on November 26th to end the season. I think I think the ACC is doing a little foreshadowing and thinking, okay, I think these are going to be our two best teams. We're going to get some, uh, we could get some major exposure for, right. uh, for our conference if sure. everything plays out. And these are the two best, uh, we're first and second place teams in the ACC Coastal. We could close the season uh, with a winner take all for the uh, uh, division title. Yeah. And even if Clemson's in there, obviously, because they were playing real well down the stretch, you figure they're going to be among the favorites as well. But Miami and Pitt should be there if Miami doesn't. Yeah, I'm talking about coastal, in. though. In, in, in terms of the coastal, yeah, yeah. You're correct. Yeah. In terms of the coastal, for sure. Um, but I mean, even overall in the whole conference. But yeah. I think one thing is a, if you're a Pitt fan, there's a the reason to be excited for this year, separate from what happened last year. Everything you're saying, what we're talking about here of having the brawl was a primetime game. You're getting a rivalry back. Then you're seeing a, a critical potentially game that you could have as a, as a coastal decider at the end of the year. That probably is going to be national TV. That's respect for what Pitt just did. This is a, yeah. a schedule of a team they think is going to be relevant. When they were having Syracuse end the year, I'm, I'm sure in the back room they're saying, well, Pitt might be okay, but they're not going to be winning right. a conference. If yep. they think they can win a conference, they map the schedule this way. It's very likely because they decide primetime games and national TV during a year. Pitt could end up on national TV a lot that year, and certainly the back end of front and end of that season. That's where West Virginia wants to be, but that's how you – map a schedule for a team you think is going to be relevant and just won a championship and just was in a major bowl game with or without picket. So the respect is there. It's now keep building on it. Don't make it an aberration and keep going. And there's no reason they shouldn't. That's it's all part. Uh, you're hundred percent right, Mike. And that's all part of building a pit had a good season. Yeah. Build the but program, not a season. Exactly. Uh, it's They had a good season. Now it's right. about them. Can you, the teams like Clemson and Ohio State and, you know, the other sure. programs that you want to talk about, they do, it, they do it year after year. And that's why, you know, people complain about, oh, they get all this attention. They get the attention because they win all the time. Yeah. If Pitt, start, if Pitt right. starts doing this three, four years in a row and starts playing in ACC championship games every year, they're going to start getting the primetime games. They're going to start right. getting favorable schedules. And, but, it, you know, they, they have to do it. Nobody's going to do it for them. So, no, uh, but it's this, in front of them. Yeah. This schedule sure. sets up with the team they have coming back. Uh, there is no reason. Um, Miami is the only, barring some injuries or things that happened prior to, to uh, yeah. September, that, there's no reason that Pitt and Pitt or Miami don't win the coastal this year. And I think uh, Pitt, when it comes to media day and all that uh, uh, for the first time, normally Pitt gets uh, you know, they don't get voted in. I think this will be the first time that Pitt enters the season as the um, overwhelming favorite. They'll be picked by the media to win the uh, coastal. You would, you would, yeah, because they should get that. And obviously, Wake will be involved in, too, in what the conference does with Hartman coming back. But, yeah, they should. And honestly, and this may sound weird to say, who do you have more confidence in as a program, Pitt or Miami, in terms of those teams you're mentioning? Miami has disappointed with a lot of hype for years now. Yeah. It's not like it's not like Pitt's terrified of Miami. This isn't 20 years ago. Uh, no, I mean, man. they might have, you know, they're going to get talent there, and maybe they'll get it done finally, but but who knows? Yeah, and this and this will – 
I, I think in time they will with Mario Cristobal there, but they, they got Miami, to. Yeah. Right. I think Miami is going to be a case this year. Like a lot of these other programs, USC, where they got the uh, splash with the new head coaches. I think, I think the national media will give them instant. I'm sure uh, cred- credibility, despite the fact that they are still who they are until this guy's able to get in recruiting classes. Miami's just all of a sudden not going to start winning. No, yeah, and Pitt knows who Miami really is the last few years, despite who the hype might be there. They're, yeah, yeah, I'm it, sure Pitt right now gonna, thinks they're the favorite. Sure, yeah, this guy's going to help them win. There's no question about that. Right. But uh, uh, it's going to take it's going to take a year or two. I don't think. It, and same thing with USC. Well, who knows with USC? Because well, and the Pac-12 is kind of open, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, be exactly. Yeah, true. Pac-12 is garbage, but uh, <laughs> same same thing with Oklahoma. Uh, right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna take a hit. They're gonna take a hit. So, but yeah. Uh, speaking of hits, uh, real quick right. to wrap the things up here. Um, yeah. This is in your wheelhouse. Uh, what's going on with Huggy Bear in West Virginia? <laughs> uh, this we usually. We usually don't get into these type of conversations with him as far as long yeah. losing streaks. They don't uh, they don't usually happen in Morgantown. Uh, uh, six straight last night, losing to uh, Baylor. They're losing to good teams, but right. still they're losing. Uh, is this season is this season salvageable? The season's salvageable because it is Bob Huggins. It is West Virginia. They do kind of go through stretches in January, and he usually does get the most out of a program. What I've noticed that's different is. And I don't know if you've noticed this too. After they lost three in a row, Huggins came out. We have a video on PSL, furious with the team, saying, if you don't want to play this way, get off this team. I don't care who you are. Basically calling out Taz Sherman again as a leader. Last night, and we also have video, he's saying, don't count us out. I love my kids. We're playing hard. He's changing his course. He's trying to be friendly and hug them and, 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 and totally change his mentality. Obviously, even though you can argue, and you see West Virginia ch- fans trying to say this to me all the time, no big deal. It's, yeah, as you mentioned, tough schedule, number eight in the country. They lost to Baylor twice in these six games. People are arguing. You see the first tweets, Big 12 might be the best conference in the country. Okay, but you got to win some games. Yeah. You can't just sit there and say, this is a really tough conference. We're never going to win, and <laughs> that's just going to be the case. This team only has 13 wins now. Figuring they got to get to at least 18, I'm imagining. It's still a tough schedule coming up. I don't think the season's done. The sky's not falling, but they got to turn things around. Taz Sherman played better. My biggest problem, Mike, they played a lot of ranked teams in that schedule. Kansas, Baylor, et cetera. Heck, they lost to Oklahoma and Arkansas. Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma's the same team as them with the worst record, and that was at home. If West Virginia won those games, it's not as big of a deal about the losing streak because obviously you you upset it in the middle, and you at least got a couple wins. You're at 15 wins now, certainly at least if you're at 14. By losing those games and not really playing well in those games, it compounds these losses here against good teams. So they went from being a team that was mad they weren't ranked after a Connecticut win to now, they're not even guaranteed an NCAA tournament berth unless they turn this around. So there's pressure there. The schedule doesn't get easier. You have Tech again coming up on Saturday, so they're familiar with these opponents. But as you said, it is rare for Huggins to know teams well, be familiar, play them twice in a month, and lose multiple times, even though Baylor's a defending champ who can go to a Final Four again. So you're figuring that one of these teams is going to get West Virginia to just unleash themselves. They played well in the first half. It didn't continue. Sherman played well. They need more scoring around him. But you gotta, they got to freaking yeah. win a game. I don't yeah. care who they're playing. They just have yeah. to win a freaking game coming up. Yeah. They're desperate for W. 
But that'll do it for this edition of the show here. Obviously, we got a lot going on until we get to the backyard brawl, but already excited about what's going on around the Pitt and West Virginia program there, and certainly the backyard brawl coming up. So, prime. Yeah, we should uh, we should alert the uh, we should alert our viewers out there that uh, stay tuned all week. Uh, yeah, uh, Alan and Nick Senior Bowl. Yes, yeah, they're in Mobile. Uh, uh, the coverage really ramped today. I think Alan is uh, on board now as far as uh, in the. Uh, in the area, a lot of travel, go. Yes. Nick, Nick was there yesterday uh, yeah. for all the measurements and stuff. You and I will talk about that later on in the week as far as some uh, you know, yeah. people talking about Kenny Pickett's hands and all that silliness. But, yeah, uh, we'll get to that uh, later this week. But uh, I'm sure Alan and those guys and then Nick will have uh, plenty of content on uh, PSN and PSL. Yeah. And of course, Steelers now as well, because Kenny Pickett has been rumored to feel be able to be a Steelers quarterback and where he'll fall. Maybe he'll fall enough because of the hands they actually can pick him at 20. We will see. So all of that, of course, coming up here for the rest of the week. And, and as you did mention, the Senior Bowl, a big deal as well. And even grab yourself a cold one there. If it's cold inside your house, turn on that fireplace. Get ready for the backyard brawl. You can break out in your tailgate, the uh, Pittsburgh Sports Now Ale. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I got to get myself a case of that there. Uh, the, <laughs> you can see a picture there. In Mike's Twitter as well. That'll do it for this edition of the show. A lot 